laugh a day with Comedy AM founder Cassandra Gordon. Hi, this is a laugh a day podcast with Cassandra and Janan Yunus, but she is ill today. So lots of praise and thoughts to her. We really want her to be well. And I'm here with... Uh, Anti-during battalion. Yeah, because that saved me saying it. <laughs> Anti-during battalion, just like with the army. I used to work for the army museum. And the army museum, do you know you know where it is? The war museum. Nope, you, that you think about the Imperial War Museum, which is... Yes, in, I am, in Elfin Castle. That's not where it is. So there is, there's a National Army Museum, which is near Stone Square, about 10 minutes away in oh, Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. And... I had to brush up on my army language and platoons and what it means and brigades and all that kind of stuff. So, Were you in the army? No. But when I grew up in Coventry and I hated school, the army used to have a lot of money to recruit people to go yeah. to poor, poor schools like mine. And like, hey, you have no prospects in, in, in your life and your school. Do you want to come to the army? And come to these like, um, you have like army camps. Yeah, army cadets. Not like that, where you can go away from five school, authorised leave, and you try out as an army person, or they give you army-stimulated activities. So I went somewhere, like a barrack somewhere in Le- Leicestershire somewhere, just after mm. nine, just after 9-11, and they're like, do all these exercises. And they treated you like, even though I was 14, they treated you like a proper person, like a proper army and um, private like they swear at you oh god they rough you up and stuff like that yeah. so um they're horrible to you in other words but it was good training <laughs> it was good training they they really pushed me to my limit so um i learned that yeah so we're here today to talk about comedy talk about you about your journey um talk about a bit about mental health as well um also about comedy wellness so um tell me how did you come up with your name or your character how 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 did you come up with this name anti uh, one second as i just let everyone know that we're at hackney down studios and i've got kicked out of my studio and we have lots of groupies around as you can hear us hopefully this groupies will go away all walking through all walking through and we can start properly because this is a, a Sunday afternoon when usually going is past. dead. Yeah, probably edit this out. Probably not. Give it some atmosphere. Yeah, we will. You could say it's a sound effect. It's a sound effect. Just uh, it's an app. It's an app. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. We, we're improvising as as we go. Makes it seem like we're outside, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. How do you come up with the concept for your comedy persona? Um, well, the name came by an accident. I. While I was messing around on my Facebook, uh, I had that book, Anti During. I hadn't read what's, it. What's, what's the book about? Book's a uh, philosophical book mm-hmm. by Engels. And I had it, and uh, I just put the name up, not that I was going to keep it, but I didn't realise that Facebook only allows you to change the name twice or something. Really? Yeah, and then it was stuck. So I had all my um, contacts. Uh, followers or whatever you could call it at that so I decided to just keep the name because it didn't make any sense so I decided to keep it as that and then I could use it as a um, way of like an umbrella name because it means that I do a radio show that's Mm -hmm. called the same name people don't know what it is people sometimes think it's a few people Mm. And I like that. So like a big band. Yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, and also there's that uh, saying by um, Oscar Wilde you know, uh, give a man a mask and he'll tell you who he is. And when I go up under a mask, 
I feel like I can really act out anything because it's not me. It's just an act. And I feel that to go up with the name is like that's involving my family and all that sort of thing, even though they know I'm, I do and everything. This is a act. So I can do various characters within the act. And I can also do, you know, a radio show, which is called Anti-During Battalion. And um, it's become a real pain in the nether regions. Why is that? Because when you go to do gigs all over the country, and then they say, and uh, what's your name? And then you come out with that. And they have to get it wrong or well you know this happens loads of times oh hang on you can't come on yet well let me just have redo it again and and it's just kind of like makes me cringe there's something in me that's a bit bloody minded though and doesn't want to give up on it and believes that the I was told by a famous comedian not to change it and he said it's better than having a normal name because yeah he remembered it so um, I've persisted with it. And what is this character? We say persona or character, how what would you prefer? Yeah, well, I did, um, when I started out, I did various characters. And to be honest, I don't really do that very much now. I do do it, and I don't want to say that I'm not going to do it, but I say I do an act now, which is a kind of the same kind of character that I would do a lot of the time in my radio show. It's an, a version of that, which is just a version of me, really. And so it's, I'd still call it a character act because, you know, sometimes I can do characters in it. You know, I've done various different characters. I did a, a counsellor once, a salesman, um, you know, different, different things like that where they actually are, are people. Um, but the thing with character acts, I find, is that there are limits within it because if you have a specific set for that character, where I used to, where I used to have a beginning, middle and end, so it's got to follow along that line because it's got to, it kind of makes sense in the end. It, it pulls it together. Um, if you go to a room where they're not watching like they would if you wanted, you were in a theatre, you know, there's got other stuff going on. To um, You've got to be more in the room. And if you're a character act, sometimes you're a bit stuck within that about how to break out of it. And I think that you have to actually become the person. Is it, so is there, how close are you towards your character and yourself? Um, pretty close, I'd say, at the moment. So the, is, what is I'm it doing. an extension of yourself? Yeah, it is, yes. But dialed up? Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, and being more outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And tell me a bit more about your character. Or am I, are you giving too much away if, if, if we talk about it now? Um, character is, I suppose, very um, brash, um, arrogant, an idiot. <laughs> I suppose. Okay, that's very endearing. Yeah. Uh, endearing, endearing qualities. Yes. Okay. And uh, you know, not to be taken seriously. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So how did you? So you started out with doing characters. How mm. did you make think? All right, I'm going to be a comedian. I'm going to be out. There. I'm going to put myself there for the world to see. What What made you do that? How did you get started? I think because. Um, 
people would always say, oh, you should do comedy. And I used to think, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that sometime. Uh, in the meantime, I had done all sorts of things that were, you could be classed as comedy. Um, like? like I, I was in a band, and uh, the band was really, really bad. I mean, really couldn't play. And I sometimes play some of the music on my radio show. Uh, it was terrible, and... Uh, singer used to wear a uh, monkey mask I think because he was embarrassed about doing it and the the thing was I thought that made it really funny is because we didn't intend it to be funny we were trying our hardest and it was terrible and we used to to go around to people's knock on people's doors uh, with an amplifier and a guitar and a drum kit and ask them to plug us in and then we would do a gig in their front garden, you know. Um, but it was really bad. So I th- I think that was comedic. And I've always done things like that. And um, so it's funny. I read a um, Steve Martin mm-hmm. uh, book about his stand-up mm-hmm. uh, that he wrote. And he said that at some point you will do everything that you've ever done in your life on television, in the act. You'll bring everything into the act. And it's really surprising how much from way back, yeah. Things come through as an artist or as a comedian. You just can't help bringing things yeah. from, from you. That's you right. Or people can't connect. You have to be very authentic. Yeah. It has to come from a true place. Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, that's the thing that you know the best. So if it's a, a memory of something... Uh, that was funny and yeah it comes back uh, especially because I do a radio show and um, it's an hour long radio show where, where, where is it? it's on Wandsworth Radio Wandsworth Radio and it a lot of the time involves um, stories um, so they're kind of like epic stories um, based on a, uh, the, the main series and it is the Upside Down Cat and uh, it's upside down cat. Upside down cat. Yeah. What? Tell yeah. me more about that. Well, um, the idea is is that um, uh, our cat used to. Uh, well, she, she still does. Uh, when you walk into the room, she rolls on her back, goes upside down, and she thinks that that is brilliant. <laughs> She thinks that that is the best thing in the world. When she does that, yeah. um, um, you can't see this, but I'm trying to mimic it. The cat, is she trying to get you to play with her? Yeah. yeah. She immediately wants me to put my foot on her stomach, and then she's going to stick her claws in. Put it, and bite you. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, she'll stick her teeth in. But it's not, I mean, she it's playful. loves it. It's, it's playful. really playful. Yeah, it's mm. like having a sock, mm. you know, and I'm really, you know, like, wing her around all over the place. But... Um, and the thing is that when she does that, whenever anyone's been in the flat, it's, oh, isn't that great, you know. So I thought it would be good to write a series as if the whole world believed that that was great. Okay. So, you know, so it's all from the perspective they think that that's amazing, you know, and that's sort of like underlying the whole thing, you know, that, oh, my, you know, if the enemy had a cat that could go upside down we'd be in real trouble, you know, because there's a big detective saga that's been going on. Is this on. like a superpower or...? Well, in some of the stories, it's treated like it's a superpower. Um, in one of the stories, which was about a cult, 
the cult worshipped uh, a cat that could go upside down. Um, so it just sort of like comes in all the time. And um, yeah, it just sort of like, I, I quite like it like that. I um, also did a Edinburgh show. Okay, cool. Recently uh, or? No, this was a couple of years ago. And what was it called? It was called Life in the 21st Century. And so when people came to see it, um, you know, I, I said that, you know, we're going to, I did it with a musician as well. And I said, we're going to go right through everything that's happened in the 21st century, you know, with the Vikings and the uh, cowboys, you know, and the aliens, you know, and had ray guns and everything like that. And it was life in the 21st century if you were my cat. Because she would just experience all that from the TV. What? You know, like, uh, you know, she'd experience um, Viking films and all mm, those sort of mm, things. Mm, so mm. That's her life in the 21st century. And how long century. did it take you to come up with this process of, for your radio show and these stories and stuff? Um, well, I do an hour show a week. I write about sort of 40 minutes of a theatre piece, you know, with audio and things like that. Um, that sounds like a lot for you to churn out a lot, not churn, but a lot to to, to create. It is a lot. And um, I feel that um, when you've got that creative muscle that you have to use it, there's no better way of practicing than actually doing it. Oh, gosh, I'm um, so, so lazy. You know, and, well, I, I feel that it's very intense. And, um, I mean, I used to do all sorts of things um, to uh, get my get in touch with creativity. I mean, I even went to uh, hypnotherapy. What? Yeah, I did, yeah. And um, I realised that the thing that's really put me in touch with creativity is a deadline. Because when you've got a deadline, you just got to start doing it. And it really... And, and doing a show like that makes me sort of like constantly exercise that... Uh, that muscle, you know, and... Um, so you, you stick to your routine and you just do it. You know, whether you feel like it or not, you have to do I, it. Well, I find that I can actually do it. Um, mm. I, I wouldn't have thought it was possible, but, um, I mean, I wouldn't say that I do it once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will have created something once a week, though, mm-hmm. but whether I would have written a full 45-minute uh, show each week, sometimes I have, but maybe not all the time, but... I will have created something each week. And um, I just think that people say, oh, you know, that's a real lot. And I just think, you know, sort of like some people, they're working, you know, like, like they're working two jobs, you know, they're, and they're still doing other things. And I just think it's about managing <laughs> like I'm really good at it managing your time managing time management you can produce a theatre piece every week just put your mind to it well, well what I feel like is I can do a lot of writing on the tube Ah. I can do a lot of writing I do all the writing there yeah often yeah I'm often commuting so uh, yeah I can just do lo- loads like that and um, you just get it in and mm. then you, you find it okay and then you start piecing it together oh yeah I wrote that bit there that can be a scene there that's it so it's just like techniques of uh, learning to write. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the thing was that I never, when I started doing comedy, I never thought that I would be doing stuff like that. But it's like taking that first step 
Do you know that um, quote from Goethe? Nope. Oh, it's really good. I don't know it. <laughs> we need to research this. You have to Google it. But some, but, but but one wise guy said. But what he said was, if you basically take the first step, then the universe conspires to. Uh, and it sounds very um, new agey. This was written actually in the 1800s, mm. and it's written in in a way that's very compelling. Really, does make sense that things do open up. You don't know what's there, really. I didn't think I'd be doing radio, but I did a gig once. How do you get the gig? Like, how do you do it? Because um, I did a gig for a uh, someone, well, for a radio station. They were at the gig. And um, I said, would I be able to come on the station sometime? And they said, um, well, why don't you have your own show? Perfect. So I started doing it from there. And yeah, it's great. It really, it it's a different art to doing stand-up. But I think that it's great to do all the different... They're all feeding to each other. They all do, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. And I really appreciate, by doing radio, mixing with people from kind of like slightly different genres, like people who who are, who are just actors or people who've done improv. Mm. Because... Just being with the stand-up, it's... Some stand-ups can't act, I discovered. You know, and that, that is not putting them down. It's just... Or I can't... I think it's a case of being able to write for people their voice, but some of them just really can't. And they, they can do very good stand-up, but it's a different skill. And um, are you are you an actress? No, but I would say I'm a retire-ish stand-up. Retire-ish because I'm very lazy. Like you put you put me to shame when you say I write a theatre piece every um, every week. I do this. I do that. I'm a bit lazy. I'm a bit lazy. If I don't have a deadline, I won't. I won't write jokes. And I find mm. jokes and I try to force myself. And that's why I think I need to be part of a group because if I know like all right, ten of us or eight of us going to be in a room every week or every couple of weeks, I will force myself to write. Yeah. If I'm left on my own, I won't do it unless yeah. I have to do something. Something has to really really force me. Um, I want to say retiree, like I do the odd gig, but um, I just find it difficult. I find it difficult with, you know, but I do comedy here and I'm like a morning person. Mm. So, you know, when you start out doing your gigs, you sign up with something from six o'clock or whatever after work. And then you usually put on last. So you're there to about 11 and then you go home to by 12. You do that like four times a week. Yeah. For me, a bit sleepyhead, it takes takes a toll on me. Yes. Um, so it's about how do I manage my energy of me going back into the circuit or try to get more features so I know what time I'm on and stuff like that. Mm. I think particularly in London, there's all these five-minute spots for open mics and they're quite grueling. Um, I think it's important to do them. The problem I find with those five-minute spots are that when I've met comedians who've come from Essex, Kent, or even further away, they're not confined to doing five minutes. They are often straight off doing like 10 and 12 minutes. And I think there's a such a glut of comedians in London that there's just all these five-minute spots around and it becomes a bit of a albatross that you, you know, just to do five minutes because, wow, if I'm only doing five minutes, the idea of ever doing an hour just seems 
hundred years away when it isn't really like that. You build on it. You build on your set. You, you build, build it, yeah. If you've got an idea, then mm. it's going to last ten minutes. Mm, mm, mm. I found that when I was creating characters, it's mm. going to take ten minutes to do it all. And, um, you know, um, places outside London are sometimes more helpful, I think. Well, explain. I never gigged outside of London. Well, I found that, um, like, doing Edinburgh and seeing, like, Scottish comedians and them saying the same, or meeting comedians from Ireland as well, that it's natural at the beginning that you will be getting uh, ten spots. You'll be able to do ten minutes. And I think that's very helpful Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Um, Because, yeah, the idea of just getting... I mean, and it is a real art to get five minutes that work. Because if you see some comedians that have done TV spots, and I remember, like, particularly Bill Hicks, uh, who was a great stand-up. He was, you know, his shows were fantastic, but... When he did those five-minute spots, I always thought they were pretty lame, really, because they're quite truncated. It doesn't... And, it's uh, TV-friendly, isn't it? It's TV-friendly, but it doesn't really make sense. And, it, and it's, he's just stuck the laugh lines in, you know, just like... And uh, without the context. And, uh, and it's just not as good. And, but there are some people who hone it to a fine art. And, uh, yeah, that's a skill. It's a craft, isn't it? It is, yeah. So are you saying, I always ask people this, do you think comedians, to be a great comedian, do you have to be inherently funny, have just got that talent and that's that, or can you learn? Can you learn from scratch? I mean, you learn how to do a set of punchline and some versions, all techniques. Which one, which which camp are you in? Well, I think that um, comedians that make me laugh, I believe would make me laugh in real life. And I think they are funny people, and they're finding a way of expressing it. But, um, you know, the amount of comedians I've heard say, like, um, Jerry Seinfeld, I mean, being interviewed, and he said he wasn't the funny one at school. He had a mate who was really funny, but he, he wasn't the funny one. And, you know, I think that's true of a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of people would say, you know, they are very, very good comedians. So, um, yeah, I don't know whether he would make me laugh in real life. I don't know. Um, And, yeah, I've met comedians, uh, famous comedians, and I didn't find them particularly... Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. All right, so funny for the stage, then. Do you think, on TV, on all all, all performance... Mm Mm-hmm. Can you learn from scratch by just learning the techniques? And you and if 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 you graft or graft from in South London, if you graft, you do it. Or do you feel like if you're going to be, you have to be instantly you can't have all that charisma up first. You have to be instantly inherently funny. Which one? Um, I think you do have to be inherently funny. Inherently funny. But I think that so many people don't understand how what they're funny. What is funny so, about them. So embracing their quirks and yeah. embracing what people see and playing on those assumptions, isn't it? A lot of them, could, when you do a joke, it's about assumptions and challenging them and make it interesting. Okay, I see there. I mean, it's um, 
find everyone finds something there's something funny about everybody and it's getting in touch with what that is really so finding that finding your, your quirk and what, what makes you funny or relatable to yeah. people and just honing on that so I hear your accent so where where are you from I like saying this people say a lot a lot about to me like where are you from meaning why why are you brown but yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm not really that brown you're not brown but where are you I, from I'm more um, well I, I, I like <laughs> brown yeah 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 um I got a bit of a tan. That's uh, good. From uh, boots. Mm-hmm. Um, where am I from? I'm from the. Uh, I'm from Cheshire. Ooh, Cheshire. So it's like. Is it anywhere near Cheshire Oaks? Is that a pub? No, it's like a. Um, what do you call them? An outlet. Designer outlet centre in Cheshire. Oh, right. Well, if it's in Cheshire. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we haven't been there often. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's a place like between Manchester and Liverpool. Yeah. I used to, used to live in Liverpool. I used to go to Cheshire. Oh, did you? Yes. To go shopping. And uh, it's kind of like a ghost town, actually, when I go back there. because I think. I thought yeah. a lot of footballers live there. Yeah, well, you Rich see, ones. there's pockets of it where um, that are extremely wealthy but there's also industrial towns uh, mm. which are dying really really terrible to see it you know it's, this it's kind of disproportionate the, the amount of millionaires that live there they live in the country villages mm. but the actual towns I mean they're like ghost towns and it's terrible. It's very sad because it's a beautiful area. Mm. And then, uh, sadly, uh, people are very... I, f- I feel people feel really let down. And mm. there is a real danger, I think, that those people are very disenfranchised. And unfortunately, it's... It shows and it, their voting. It, it does, yeah. It's quite scary, really, I think, because, uh, you know, to go back to that, it's, I don't want to be negative, you know, but um, it's the politics of despair, really, I see coming out of places like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and not blaming the real reason for the poverty mm-hmm. either. Um, there's no, no blame of some, because it's so abstract, isn't it? You know, oh, there's a banking crash. You know that we're all paying for that. Somewhere in London, or yeah, that doesn't kind of make sense. Rather blame somebody who looks completely different to us, mm. doesn't speak the same language as us, just another poor person taking our large, but you know. Yeah, and it's the uh, it's really sad. Just blame people fighting amongst themselves, mm. really, when mm. the real cause of it has just be ignored because it's not visible, really. Mm. It's not a not tangible. Yeah. Mm. So that's it. That, I don't know why I got onto that. It got but, a bit dark here, but it's fine. It's fine. A bit of comedy, comedy podcast. But so, uh, let's on on a lighter note. Mm-hmm. How do you remember the last time when you died on stage? Last time I died on stage was, let me see, about a week ago. Well, a week recent. Yeah, um, and. Uh, People, um, people say, "Oh, you didn't die on stage," but um, you feel it, oh, absolutely! I just felt like I didn't want to go on. I was being a hack comedian, and I don't understand that term. Well, it, what what it means is is not adapting to the room, and 
I sometimes just think, oh, I'll just go up to a club set. And that's not adapting to the room necessarily because it's not. it wasn't a room where you could have eye contact with people. There were sort of like posts in the way. And uh, it, it was, you know, I, should, I kind of like instinctively knew that the material that I was doing was not really going to connect. But you just went with it anyway because that's, that's what you... Because, yeah, and, uh, you know, I suffered for it. And I felt like in rooms like that, I feel like I have to do new things. That's my feeling. Those work the best. Things that are fresh and um, I can adapt them to there and not to just... I think that's... Yeah. So you learn all the time. And... But that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen again. Okay, yeah. And and, uh, I'm really struck by something that um, Tommy Cooper said, which Mm. was um, he'd analysed what what the difference was between a pro comedian and an amateur comedian. Oh, okay. And he said, and what it was was persistence, that the pro just carries on. Carries on in what sense? Well, you just keep learning. Yeah, when things go um, bad, you just have to, you just carry on and you're persistent. And uh, uh, that's what it is, because you have to keep making mistakes, really, oh, to God. grow. Oh, God, I need to go back to mistakes. When I died on stage, I learned very, very quickly how to be funny, quickly, because I, I never want to feel that again. So through, mm. through fear, but now you, you said to me now that when I do comedy and I fail, which I will, um, i just got to live with it. I've just got to just take, take that L and just carry on going. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So this is the kind of advice you'd give to newer comedians, like just do it, just keep on going. Yeah, you just have to keep on doing it, I think. Okay. Advice. I mm. need to do this. That's all I like doing this podcast because I get so much advice uh, of being a lazy comedian who doesn't write as much and don't gig as much as she should. And I should do that. Okay. So you talked about how you died on stage and then you leap back up and being persistent and now you learn for next time what to do not to be a hack comedian. Yeah. Um, we talk about as well comedy wellness. We talk about wellness. As you know, you've done Comedy AM before. Mm. And for people who don't know, with all this toilet and hair dryers and all these things in the background. That, that's, an, that's another um, app. It's a sound effect. Sound just... effects. Value for money. That's what yeah. you get here. Um Comedy AM was born of me not having a great time in my life. I need to get something to come out of bed. And the only thing that got me out of bed was basically not antidepressants, not exercise. The only thing that got me out of bed was comedy. I did it in the morning. So I feel like mental health is very important. We're doing a fundraiser soon um, for a mental health charity. So what does good mental health mean to you? Um, well, it's something to aspire to. Aspire yeah. meaning? I would like to have it. Um... And, uh, Are you talking about a balance or what? what I know I would like to have good mental health. Um, but I think the thing with mental health is that so many people have poor mental health, you know, mm. myself mm. included. And I remember reading a, a book once, and um, uh, it's called Self Help for Your Nerves. And Ooh, it okay. was a really helpful book do you know who it's by oh, I don't know who it's by we'll no. Google, we'll Google. but it was really helpful and it said that basically 
um, everyone at some point in their life will have some problem with their back. You'll have, you'll have some back problem. And on the same token, everyone will have some mental health problem where you are, um, you know, feeling anxiety about something where you can no longer control it because your mental faculties get worn down through exhaustion. So you can't have any... And, and one part of your brain then won't go to sleep, so it's acting on its sort of autonomously. And, and loads of people will experience that through loads of different things in life, overwork and stress and all those sorts of things. But we're actually not allowed to talk about it. It some, seems some like a weakness mm. when it's a natural development of being in this sort of so much lifestyle. Things, yeah, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, we all have it. We all have mental health problems. Yeah. And uh, you can't not. And uh, I think the more that it's just acknowledged, the more important it is. Because uh, good mental health can help in physical problems as well. In what, what do you mean? I think people with very severe um physical illness mm. um having good mental health will make the world of difference i mean so like a positive mindset releasing yes. all the physical things the endorphins and, you know it, it just makes you happier isn't it when people watch a comedic or a comedy film or something or they go to a comedy club people feel good it's a usually yeah a positive emotion isn't it yes it, yeah. it is yeah yeah and uh I uh, I think um, you know laughter and uh, comedy and yeah I sort of digressing a Go bit ahead. a little bit um, but I once did a gig for an old people's home and that was a terrific and and I think you should always rise to the challenge whenever you get a challenge like that and I did an hour um, an hour gig yeah an hour yeah. What? Uh, I did it with music as well. Okay, because I'm like, how much material do you have? Well, I had a musician with me, and we did a lot of, like, Frank Sinatra stuff. Mm. Um, But what we did was um, we were in in touch with the person who ran the old people's home, and she told us about people who were in the audience, uh, some of the residents. And uh, so we changed the words to be about them. Like there was a guy who was a really good dancer, mm. so we did Mr. Bojangles about him. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, badly, but um, you know, I think it's you know that's all part of really uh, good mental health as well. I think you mm. know the people in quite sort of uh, you know wheelchairs, all that sorts of things, having a laugh. It's important. Is, yeah. It's important. It is. It's very it, important. Just to feel like adults, I just feel like how much I laughed when I was a teenager or a kid. Like I went, I was on a commute, um, I went to South London for something. In the morning, and I heard something, I was like laughter, like teenage kids laughing. I hadn't heard of that. And I was like, it's just so foreign to me, like eight o'clock in the morning. Like, what is this laughter, especially on like popular, no one really in London really talks um, in the morning on, on a weekday. And I was just like, wow, it was just laughter is so powerful. It's so powerful, and it's scientifically proven anyway how powerful laughter is. Like a laughter a day keeps the doctor away. Yes. Um, it does that a lot. 
Um, I was going to ask you as well. So you talk about what good mental health is. So what um, what do you do to have good mental health, apart from your lovely comedy? Mm. And what self-care things do you do? You do? Well, um, well, <laughs> uh, I suppose this is another thing that I feel that um, there are stigmas, you know, in society. So, mm -mm. yeah, um, yeah, I do go to uh, see somebody, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. for my mental health. Yes, yeah, uh, and I have been doing for quite a long time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and. Uh, it's really helped me loads, mm. I've got to say. It's been fantastic. And I never thought that it would. Uh, not that I was against it, rather that I was probably arrogant and thought that it'll never work for me. It will, will work for everybody else. Mm, mm. But I found that uh, dealing with um, bereavement, mm, I mm. dealt with a lot of bereavement. I did not know how to cope because you don't get any training on how no. to do these things. No. Everyone's going to experience it. I just didn't know how to cope with it. And I went to uh, bereavement counselling because it's so bizarre what happens to people um, because there'll be times when you'll be completely cut off and not feel anything. And that can be quite disturbing. Mm -hmm. And then sort of like feel too much. All these things, it, it can make you very... That's an anxiety in itself as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was so helpful, I mean, that, that I decided to continue it. You know, why would you not? Why well, not? Like, you have a back, if you have back pain, you go to a physiotherapist or a back doctor, your feet hurt you, so you have a brain, not doctor, but a brain someone who can help you with your mind and your thought processes. When you've been bothered with a lot of, a lot of messages in this fast-paced society, and people think, you know, it's easy to cope with all these kind of things with 21st being in, 20, in the 21st century. Um, what is the best feedback you ever had or best comments you had about your, your gig or your, or, or your character? Um, <clears throat> well, I had one the other week, <coughs> uh, which was... Uh, <coughs> I'm getting very emotional here. Oh, sorry about yeah. that. Oops. I'm, I'm getting very emotional. No, I'm not. Actually, I've got a... Uh, <laughs> got a dry cough so uh oh, you it, get some but but let's cut that and let's say i'm getting emotional so oh i, <laughs> but, I don't know if i want to edit it's this very, very moving moving but yeah. um yeah yeah uh, i had one the other week when um somebody came up to me and uh the went up to the guy who was running the gig and said uh this guy's the funniest guy in the circuit and that was really nice oh, and that's hot woman and he said that uh he and his wife um, still talk about uh, seeing one of my gigs and they still laugh about it and he's um, you know like left like lots of messages and that's very it's good when you get really good feedback very very art. nice yeah because yeah. you work so hard on your on, on, on your craft so it's good when you get really good feedback and that gives you the strength especially when you have I guess hard days or not so great gigs to know that some people do appreciate the yes and, and also though for somebody to say that oh you know he's the funniest guy I mean it's all um, subjective but what is really nice is that to somebody you you are you know because I know that with me there were people and there still are who I think they are brilliant and maybe other people don't quite get it but for me they're the top they resonate you know there's a couple of people who I, I just think are really uh 
And, uh, you know, to be that for somebody else is very good. And, uh, you know, you know, for a lot of people, it can be the complete opposite. But there are still people who, you know, I do, you know, who think, oh, gosh, that was my favourites or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a good and, thing. and everyone will have that, I, have, I think, when you do it for a while, you know, you get those people who people see People who like resonate that. and people who you connect with and you know where to tailor your comedy. And, you know, it's also very heartwarming when you get those responses, especially after a long night at home. Oh, yeah. You get good positive feedback. Uh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to wrap up, tell how your, your next pro- project, how people can find you and so on. Well, my next project is tonight I'm going to run a comedy quiz. What? Where is it? In uh, the Ram in Kingston. So, so uh, you, you live in Southwest? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do, yeah. So I'm just uh, urging people to not go. Please don't go. Why? Because I, I don't really want a lot of people there. Really? Yeah. So advertising, not to advertise. Yeah, okay. so please uh, don't go to tonight uh i want an easy night um okay and then i'm doing another one tomorrow um but i like doing them i do and I, and talk about good feedback i mean they really you know they people i like to entertain people and i get loads of good feedback there i mean it's it's a sh- you know people you know they send me their photos on holiday and uh-huh. things like that you know it's so it is so nice and i like to to really enter in, in whatever I'm doing, and when I do like a quiz, it is to entertain basically, and mm. that people come back and then they give me lots of nice feedback, and that's uh, a way of understanding how to be in a room as well, mm-hmm. because they're they're quite intimidating some of those places when you go in and it's just packed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want loads of people in there. So you have your quiz. What else? Website, your radio shows, social media handles. Uh, yeah, um, so if you um, want to listen to the Anti-Durian Battalion radio show, tune into Wandsworth Radio on Thursday nights at 10pm. It's dead, dead, dead good. And I'm not just saying that because it's me. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I do sell CDs as well. Of, what? Uh, CDs? My computer? Yeah. Even... Yeah, I know. Work? It's really just a, an, it's just a way of kind of like, rather than giving a flyer, it's just something that you can, I mean, no one can really use the CDs now. Yeah. You know, there's so many um, things that are coming obsolete. So it's yeah. just, but it's, it's just another way of doing merchandise or, and I like to actually have a record of, of things, you know, I like to, have it solid. Something it, in, in your hand which you can touch, which is tangible, not this a- analog style. Yeah, that, that's mm. like that, that um, sort of like say there's three good stories on there, mm, mm, mm. you know, which I'd urge anyone to buy if you mm. come to any of my gigs. I mean, really, really, really good. Uh, so you have, do you have a website and do you have any social media handles? Probably. Um, i put them in the notes or something. Yeah, um, and... Uh, yeah, they'll be in the notes. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's loads. There's loads. <laughs> Give me your top um, three. Yeah, and I'll, I'll uh, put some clips so so people can hear what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that. Um, 
It, I just want to say, uh, Cassandra, your gigs are fantastic. Thank you. I really liked the uh, AM. And I was talking to my uh, therapist about it. It was quite reminiscent. Because it was early in the morning. It was early in the morning. <laughs> um, and also you did another one over yeah, here. Yeah, the one um, here, Hackney Downs, it was a PM. Don't do many PMs um, because I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a grandma. I don't like evenings. You're a grandma? I joke about this. Someone said, I'm a, am I a real grandma? Am I young enough to be a real grandma? Possibly. I did live in Coventry. There was a lot of TH pregnancies back then. But... Um, I mean, like, I really struggle doing comedy in the evenings, my energy and everything. That's why, like, mornings. I'm You're definitely bad. a morning I'm person. I'm a morning person. But that's a great gig. And uh, it really was a great a space. It's a different sort of space yeah, as well that you're right. doing. Yeah, People are sober. Not saying that um, I'm, I don't, I drink, you know. It's just, and you have to be funny. Like, when you do the gig um, in the morning, you can't be preambling. And, like, you no. Have to, because people like this, people, like, I see them at the beginning. Like, what I go on about, comedy aim is amazing. People have their hands folded like this. And by the end of the... I say the morning, they're like, oh, Cassandra, I was going to say, I was going to text you and say that I couldn't come. I make up an excuse, but I'm so glad that I came and it was good. You know, People were good, you're funny, da, 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 da. And people, when we did the Hackney Downs takeover in June, you know, across the road, yeah. um, you know, people loved it. You know? mm. It was a good thing. It was, after, it was after the England game. Was yes, it, it was, actually, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, like, thank God people were... That people people came. I was worried. I was like, there's, yep. there's thousands of people here. Why did not turn up? Yeah. And eventually we got them, and then it was a good game. It was full of house. So it yes, was really it good. was good. It was great. So um, thank you very much no, for, um, for inviting me on. And um, please let you know about others. <laughs> please please me. Yeah. Please, please, please. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thank you very thank much. You. All right, Thanks. Bye bye. bye, bye.